episode 117, Attack of the Segments. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. And welcome back to The Games We Play, a podcast about board games, tabletops, RPGs, miniatures, but always about the games we play. I'm Brian, co-founder of The Games We Play and co-host of The Games We Play. With me this week, co-founder Chris. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 117. This week, we're going to be bringing back a bunch of segments that we've done in the past in fact, I think some of these segments were from day one, maybe, like 100 episodes ago. So it should be kind of fun to bring some of these back and talk about them. So I'm pretty excited to bring some new content and some different things to the episodes as we start to bring these segments back and get back to some kind of normality here. And so we'll also be talking about what's on our table, the love and hate, and a couple of segments. So it should be a lot of fun. And uh, so Chris is here this week. Emily is actually out of town. Well, I mean, when you listen to us, she'll be back. But uh, she is out of town right now. So uh, Chris and I got to step up and have some fun here on, on uh, Friday as we talk. And so looking forward to doing this. So Chris, how have things been going in the last week? Things have been going great. Again, kids are back at school, so it's just Baron and I are working at home, um, nice. enjoying the the That's quiet your dog, time. Just for yes, Baron is the dog. That yeah. is correct. <laughs> yeah, Jamie's Jamie's back in the school system, supporting the different schools she she uh, works with, and so all the kids are there. So yeah, it's it's a little quiet, and, um, not lonely, but uh, Baron keeps me company. But yeah, getting nice. things getting things going good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, with Emily out, I had to do the whole morning, get ready. Yeah. Instead of typically, I just like roll out of bed, you know, brush your teeth, throw your contacts in, log into work, you know, start working in the morning. Uh, today, I had to get up a little earlier and get uh, the get him going to, and drop him off of school. I've done it before, so it's not that big of a deal, <laughs> but it's just a different routine. It kind of throws you off a little oh, bit. Yeah. and. Uh, and then always, of course, when it rains in the morning, it, uh, it's, the traffic is just nuts. You know, I, I, apparently when it rains, people just don't know how to drive. Uh, there was like a cop and like pulled people over and it was like blocking traffic and it was backed up. It was a whole thing getting to work or getting to school this morning, but I got him there. And I, he, he was even a couple minutes early uh, before we typically drop off. So that's, that was a success in my book, if you ask me. Yeah, that's always good. If you can get your kids to uh, to school on time and not get in trouble with the <laughs> teachers and the, the, the spouse, that, yeah. that's a win-win. So nice yeah. job out of you. Win-win-win. So yeah, so that's, uh, that's what's going on in my world. All right, uh, Chris. So uh, it's been a short week for us, and I know just with uh, with Emily being out of town and uh, you, uh, with it was kind of a short turnover here from last week recording. So we didn't get to our shelf of shame on either of ours, which is fine. So we're not going to include that this week, but we'll be we'll be back with it here um, in the next couple of weeks. And in fact, uh, the schedule might be changing up here a little bit in the next couple of weeks, just because Chris is going to Gen Con. Jealous? Yeah. And is that in two weeks now? That is in two weeks now. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like two weeks you'll literally be there in two weeks from this day i will be in indianapolis with my brother rob dr rob and we'll be yucking it up uh at gen con nice so we'll we'll chat offline but maybe we'll have you on again next week just uh the even things out anyway so cool a lot of stuff to talk about here so let's go ahead and just get into it and start talking about some board games (laughs) 
All right, what's on your table? A segment where we talk about a game that's been on our table. This could be board game, miniatures, RPGs, tabletop, whatever we want to do. This week, Chris, what's been a game that's been on your table? This game is uh, one of my favorites, like little family games. I'd call it a gateway game to as well. Sushi Go Party. All it, right. Yeah, 2016 game. Um, the There is a Sushi Go version and the uh, uh, a Sushi Go Party version. I like the party version because this one plays up to eight players. So yeah. we can add yep. more of our family to it. Plays two to eight. And it's not even it's not even that much more money either. Like, no. It's worth it getting. Yeah. Like, otherwise, the base is four players, right? The base, I want to say. Like the correct. regular just yes. Sushi Go. Either four yeah, or which six. Which is tough right? for yeah. a family. Right. Um, but this one, uh, it adds a nice metal tin. It's a little bigger box present, but it's a nice, uh, nice metal tin. Has a game board where you can put the cards on, as well as score trackers, and it allows up to eight, uh, eight players. It's a twenty-minute game. Uh, it's, you know, really, it, it's, it's a nice. Uh, um, nice family game it's basically what you're doing is creating a sushi meal and yeah. you uh, there's all different cards you can pick your scoring system so the replayability of this is is phenomenal because yeah mm-hmm. you can choose different menu items which adds different strategies and game mechanics and stuff just because of um, the different combinations because of the different combinations yeah. so you and can you could randomize it oh, too correct? yes absolutely yeah. there's there's uh the rules are really great the rule book is really it's just a couple pages wonderful diagrams gives you explanations uh, pictures even gives you suggestions on how to play the game if you want certain ways best for beginners best for minute, oh, yeah, best for challenging right. mm-hmm. so it gives you some setup options really to do and you can just start with that and go from there and create your own but really love this game uh it's card games where you just basically you get shuffled cards you pick one and then pass your hand to the left and as you keep going all the way around um you'll get to uh, uh fewer and fewer cards so you pick and play pick and play pick and play pick Pick, play, pass. Pick, pass, play. Um, (laughs) There's very simple actions to it. You get your cards. You figure out which cards you want to pick you choose it you play it and then you pass the rest of the cards and everybody plays yep. and it's it's very math oriented it's you get combinations or, or this there's some each turn factors you can score points or there's cards that you can get to the end of the game that scores you points yep. um so it's it's really neat and uh, i love it it's really easy to pick up on again it's like a 20 minute game it plays well with two plays well with eight and uh just just one of those simple games that um family a very good family gateway type game yeah and if you've never played because the mechanic is technically card drafting if you've never played a card drafting game this is probably the easiest one to get to the table if you want to try card drafting Uh, when it comes to mechanics sometimes you know hey card drafting might not be your thing maybe you might not enjoy it some people really enjoy it it's a great game to try it out see if you like it and it is really easy to play the first time i played this i remember playing with my niece and nephew much younger i mean my nephew's now a much older teenager can drive and everything and he's in high school which makes me feel really old <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and my niece she just went into high school too so she's a freshman but I remember playing with them while they were much much younger uh, elementary age and they picked it they picked it right up and they they really liked it we played it over and over and if I recall then they went because they were staying with us for the weekend they went back to my sister's 
and they end up buying it. Yeah. Uh, I remember my sister texted me, what was that game they're talking about? And I, and so they bought it, and they played it as a family, too. So it's just that kind of game, really easy, accessible. It's, it's a game that's actually fun to play with kids. Yeah. Sometimes you get those games where it's just like, oh... It's fun to play, but I don't want to play this 20 times, but it's enough to mix it up, the artwork and just easy gameplay, and it teaches your uh, teaches the kids a uh, good strategy, and it can be played with adults. I mean, this is a game that we would probably play at uh, lunch sometime, oh, you yeah. know, a quick lunch or something. Absolutely. So, yeah, it yeah. plays well with eight-year-olds and all the way up through adults. So Yeah, yeah heck, pulled out a family gathering, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, something like that, and it's quick. You, you spe- I don't know about you, but... At least with uh, my family, as uh, there's still a lot of young kids and older kids when there's big family gatherings, sometimes the parents don't have that luxury to be able to sit down and play an hour game. But they might be able to play 15, 20-minute game, and then they could go and help you know, with their kids and then come back a little later. It's not a big deal uh, to, to get those games in and be able to play games. Yep, and this is one of the, to, to teach a new person uh, to hobby-style games it picks up really quick. Really quick, yeah, and it's super cheap. Yeah, I, I just, really I is. just, I, we had given our copy away. I just picked up Sushi Go Party. I think it was like a ding and dent, like the the tin was dented in, whatever. Yeah. Ten dollars, I got yep. it. So it was like super cheap. Yeah, so. it's a it's a twenty dollar game, twenty one dollars seventy five cents on Amazon. Uh, you're gonna find any hobby game store. You'll find the Sushi Go Party. It's by Game Right, which Game Right does a lot of fab mm-hmm. fabulous mm-hmm. family and kid games. They're known for the, uh, that genre, uh, but very, very good game. Highly recommend it. Sushi Go Party. It's what's nice. been on our yeah. table. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. All right. The game that uh, was on our table this week is Copenhagen. Uh, I think we've talked about this on the podcast I maybe once, like a really long time ago, maybe. Uh, so Copenhagen is uh, a game by Queen Games, and what uh, this might, like, my ignorance here but copenhagen is the danish capital i think is that right chris um looking it up a few moments later i was doing it is the capital of denmark oh boom i knew it was something in like the netherland area i don't i didn't want to sound really ignorant anyway uh you know the stereotype dumb americans and not knowing stuff it's it's actually kind of true but um, anyway, so Copenhagen is, it's one of these uh, polynomial tile placement games where the, the, the pieces are in Tetris polynomial yeah. shapes, right? And so each person has a player board and the idea is you're building these, uh, these towers or buildings uh, and that's your, your play. And so it, it's kind of reminds me of Ticket to Ride a little bit with the mechanics where on your turn, you could either take cards from a... Uh, from the center table, which is kind of the general supply, or you get to play cards. And then um, in this case, you're spinning cards to get uh, some of the polynomial shapes, which then you put on your board. So if you if you turn in two cards, for example, you just get a two-square-sized one. But if you turn in four cards, then you get a four-side. And the cards come in the various colors that match up with the, the colors of the shapes. And the shapes all kind of come in different flavors. So like the reds, for example, are a bunch of square type shapes, while uh, the gr- the purple are a bunch of lines, right, straight up and down. And so you place them on your board, and the idea here is you're trying to create rows and columns, and you get points for completing your rows and completing your columns. And on the shapes, they're either windowed or brick, and if you're able to get all windows on your row or column, you get a bunch of extra bonus points versus if it's a mix. Uh, there's also these icons, which they call uh crests or something like that and the crests allow you to uh either uh 
get a, like a single square one or you can get there's these special action tiles so you can get one of these special action tiles or your action tiles can be used at any time on your turn and you just flip them they're kind of a one-time use that allow you to do extra stuff like take an extra card or uh take both actions on a turn or stuff like that uh or or turn your cards into uh like uh, wild color so you can use them for any color stuff like that so they just give you special abilities uh, but if you cover those up you could also refresh them so you can actually use your special tiles multiple times so there's a little strategy in deciding when to do that and what to do um, and but that's basically the game you know there's the cards out on the table and you take two and they have to be adjacent to each other and then they get refreshed and it's another player's turn so Play goes really quick. Reminds me a lot of Ticket to Ride in that in that in that regard. Um, and then the first person to get to twelve points uh, wins the game. And so uh, it's it's a quick game. You know, it's like twenty to forty minutes. I think is what yeah. it says. I know when Emily and I played a two player, it, we played it in twenty minutes. And uh, it's super easy to learn. It's easy to play. It, it does play two to four players. And I mean, it, it, the interactivity a little bit is is the card taking the cards, you know, uh, kind of like Ticket to Ride. I mean, right. there's not a whole lot of interactions per se. The only interactions are really kind of competing for the tiles. Um, but that's about it. I mean, the game's really easy to learn, though. But it's fun. It definitely gives you that puzzly feel that you would play from a tile-placing game or some kind of abstract game. Um, and I really we really enjoy this one. Um, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes you just kind of... Uh, for us, it's kind of like a palate cleanser a little bit. You know, you're playing a bunch of heavy games, and sometimes it's nice just to pull out a game that's easy and quick to play, and it's it's fun to play. So uh, I recommend this one. It's a lot of fun, Copenhagen, and I think this might have been a Kickstarter for him a couple years ago. I know it had some awards. It was crowd uh, in 2019. Yeah, yeah, it won the 2019 Gold Brick and Best Family Game. So. Uh... Uh, it, yeah, it is, it, it's it's yeah. won a few um, foreign awards in 2019, but yeah, it was a it was a crowdfunded Kickstarter game. Got it. it. It I mean, even the artwork is it's really beautiful. Like it's a very attractive, very colorful game. Everything kind of fits the theme of Copenhagen. Um, I and again, my ignorance, but I guess maybe Copenhagen is known for these colorful buildings. Maybe. Um, I, I think me... it, it it does emulate uh, the architectural style. Looking at the box art as well as uh, pictures of Copenhagen, uh, it's very similar uh, oh, art yeah, style. Yeah. If you look at it, okay. Yep. 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 I was looking style. at images here on yep. Google. I think I've seen these on puzzles, but there's like a row of houses with all these really colorful windows, and this is what it emulates. Yep. Uh, I, I guess they're kind of known for this little section of town or something. Um, anyway, but that's what's kind of emulating. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a neat little game. Pretty easy. Uh, definitely a family style game and uh, pretty light, easy to learn. So yeah, that's what that's what we did. Uh, Copenhagen. I believe they just came out with a Copenhagen roll and write. So it's a roll and write version of Copenhagen. So that might be something that to check out. It looks kind of interesting. Um, it looks like you're rolling and marking off the shapes and then drawing the shapes on your little building facade on the right side. So kind of the similar gameplay, but rolling right. So something maybe we'll check out. We like our rolling rights around here now. <laughs> Unlike a year or two ago, right, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's what's been on our table. So that was uh, Copenhagen and Sushi Go Party. Check them out and uh, check out Board Game Geek. If you have any, if, if, if you have any interest or it seems interesting, go check it out on Board Game Geek. They have pictures, reviews, uh, videos. 
videos, uh, how to plays, that kind of stuff for these games uh, if, if you're interested in buying it before you buy it. All right, Chris, that wraps up the segment. So let's move on and let's talk about, well, let's just, let's just, I'm not even going to preview it. I'm just going to have people carry on to figure out what the segment is. So let's go ahead and move on to it. All right. The segment we're bringing back is Gateway Game of the Week, which implies that we do this weekly, but maybe we should start doing it weekly. Anywho, a Gateway Game of the Week. This is a game where we talk about a game that is kind of considered a gateway game, meaning it's a great game to try to get into the hobby. Maybe maybe you want a good game to introduce to friends or family if you're already playing the hobby, or maybe you're looking to try to buy a few new hobby games and don't know where to start. Uh, these are the these are these type of games that kind of check that off. They're great games that are going to be really solid. They're really fun. They're kind of time tested, almost evergreen type games. Yeah. You know, ones that have that uh, that have sold millions of copies, and they're just easy to learn and a lot of fun to play. And that's kind of what our criterion is a little bit when we go about this. So, Chris, what is our gateway game of the week? Our gateway game of the week comes to us from back in 1997 when it first came out it's for sale by stefan dora this game is uh, uh for players uh, three to six it's about 30 minutes game and you know 10 year olds on up uh can play this it's a very light game uh for complexity and really what it what it is it's a card auction type game about economics buying and selling houses which which sounds like it might be a difficult game or might be complex but it really is not it's a quick game i mean wait you said 30 minutes or so yeah 20 30 minutes we when we play this every time uh we get two games in it's it's one of those things yeah it's almost one of those games you need to play a second game not that it's hard to pick up the first time or understand how to play but sometimes how you see a game play out your strategy definitely is like oh you know maybe it wasn't worth trying to get the highest card or bidding that much. Like, oh, I ran out of money. And so I, I usually I see a huge swing when I introduce this to new people where they go like super conservative or super uh, risky or like super like uh, gung-ho, just buying as much as they can, like spending like huge amounts of money. And then usually the second game is always a huge swing back the other way, depending on what they went. It's kind of funny uh, to see how that plays. But every time I play this, that's what new players do. But uh, it's still fun. It's a, it's a great game. So, Chris, um, if somebody has never heard or played this before, how does this, this high level, how does this game play out? High level. So uh, this is an auction bidding type game. And the premise is that uh, everybody starts off with a set of, uh, of money and you're going to buy properties. Um, pr- there's property one all the way up through 30. And so what you're going to do... Which, sorry, so, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but the funny thing is like property two is an outhouse, yes. for example. Uh, property 30 is uh, a space station. So it goes yeah, from... So it's, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of funny. There's, there's even like box. a cardboard yeah. box in the alley. Yeah. So it's just kind of, it's kind of goofy and silly. It is, it is. You, but Thir- I do like Yeah, that. 30 being the highest and most valued. So in this game, it's an auction bidding and you the number of players determine how many number of properties out and you go through for seven rounds. And what you're doing is trying to bid to be the first person to pick the properties. So the properties are randomly put out and you can have various values. They could be a mixture 
mixture of low properties and high properties or a mixture of even high properties I've seen before. So there's tons of strategy of trying, do I want to be the highest uh, bid because there's the 30 card out there? Or maybe do I want to slough off and get second because that 28 or 29 card is out there too as well with a 30. And I don't want to spend all my money for that 30 card and I can still get a great card. Or do I just want to pass and get that low card and take the lowest card? So basically you're bidding on the order of selection of the properties per round. And we, you do this, you rinse and repeat uh, each round until all of the properties are gone. And so now people have cards in their hands that uh, are, are the properties you purchased. Now what you're going to do, the second phase of the game is selling those properties. And what they are, there's checks that come out and they range from $0 to $15,000. And there's mixtures of in-between and there's randomized numbers. So you uh, shuffle those and do the same uh, same kind of step what we did at first round with purchasing. Now we're going to sell those. So you set out the X number of, um, of checks, depending on how many players, out. And you use your cards to uh, uh, you sell your property. The highest number gets to pick the first for the, the checks. So do I want to use my five this round because there's a bunch of low cards? Do I want to save my 30 for later on when those 15 start coming out? Or, hey, you know what? I've got a 20. That's pretty high, but I want to save my higher cards. I can play my 20s down and get some of those 10,000 uh, 10, checks out there. Stuff like that. There's yeah. a lot of strategy in this. Because because it's simultaneous, it is simultaneous. that second round. Like everybody picks one, si or picks one hidden and then it's like one, two, three, flip. And then you go down from highest to lowest. And that that's the tough thing because if, if somebody plays the 30 and you play the 29, the 30 gets to pick up the highest one, which hopefully is the 15,000 because that's highest. But let's say it drops down to 10,000. It's like you just spent that 29 to get 10,000. So there's a lot of little mind games yeah. and strategies. Sometimes you have to remember who has the highest ones and know when what's left that hasn't been played right. and so there's definitely a little strategy uh when it comes down to it and it doesn't it doesn't mean whoever has the, all the highest ones is going to win the game because that's not the case at all uh because in the first phase if you run out of money you're always going to be the last person essentially to get them and so you're going to have uh maybe a couple high ones and then all low ones and so there's a lot of strategy comes in sometimes those mid ones can have a lot of value where you can you can chip away and get a bunch of like nines and eights for really super cheap. Yeah. And, um, it, but it all depends on what comes out. If there's a whole group and they're all like eight and seven thousands, you could play a one and still get an eight thousand, but then you could have groupings that have zeros in them. You, if you play ones, you're probably going to get the zeros. And so the, it, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun with the strategy and it usually it comes out where everybody reveals and it's like a lot of hoot and hollering if you are like ah yeah. you know or cheering and it's it's fun and it's how fun. you win this game is by having the most am uh, amount of money at the end money consists right. of two things the checks that you sold the properties for and any remaining money from the bidding phase uh, phase one so anything you didn't spend that term is actually counts towards the victory uh at the end so you can save some money that way and have a couple extra mm -hmm. at the end mm -hmm. so yeah, it's a fun game. Anytime I, I introduce a new person, um, they, they take a little bit and try to figure out the strategies. As soon as we're done, they're like, dude, I want to play this again. Because they, they pick up what, <laughs> what they're like, oh, I want to do this differently. And we end up yep. playing this at least twice. Every every time I introduce this to a new person, there's always like, hey, can we play this again? I know what, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. 
That's cool. Yeah. And it does look like I should mention here is there's a new version that's it's coming out called For Sale Autorama that's coming out oh, here yes. in 2021. It's a version of auto sales. Um, I'm not sure if it if there's any different mechanics uh, or not, uh, but just uh, know there's a new version out. So I don't mean I don't know if that means they're not like going to reprint for sale anymore because it is an older game that's i mean how many publishers has it oh my gosh. i think there's been a, so many publishers have sold this over the years there's so many editions but the, they just keep reprinting it but uh either way great game a lot of fun i've enjoyed this one i've, I, I've introduced this to so many yep. so many people and everybody really enjoys this uh so uh check it out it's uh called for sale it's pretty pretty fun game anything else you want to comment on before we Move on, Chris. I uh, know uh, it's readily available still. You can find it on the web at various uh, sites. I've seen it on Amazon, um, various game stores and stuff. It, like I said, this game has been around since 1997, and they're re-implementing it in 2021 with our uh, with vehicles versus properties. Uh, looks to be the same type of gameplay. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, get the get the new one or find the old one. Either way, great game. Yep, great game. I have to buy the the vehicle <laughs> one though too. <laughs> All right, well, that uh, wraps up Gateway Game of the Weeks. All right, another new segment we're bringing back. I think this one, again, is a segment we haven't done for... Oh, almost a hundred episodes <laughs> yeah. so over, over, over a year, uh, almost two years. Anyway, so this segment is called "You Should Try." So this segment is a segment where Chris and I both talk about a game that we pick from our library that we think is exceptionally good or really good that we really enjoy playing. And this one it could range from a rather complex or uh, crunchy games, if you will, or to lighter games. So it's kind of the wide gambit. Uh, but a lot of these games are. Are, are typically really solid, really fun games because we wouldn't be suggesting you try it if it wasn't. And so that that's kind of the segment, kind of, kind of our criteria there. So Chris, yes. uh, what is a game that you think that our listeners should try? Uh, this is another game right game coming up I'm speaking of. It is called Forbidden Island. Nice. Yeah. This is old. 2010. Like, is yes. It's a, it's 11 okay, years old. 11 years. Yeah, 11 I mean, I guess 11 it's years is kind of old in the... Double digits. So this yeah. was the, the startup. There is Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Sky, too, as well. But this was the very first one. It's a great family game. Um, two to four players, plays in 30 minutes, age 10 and up. Um, uh, it's cooperative. It's co- and that's so what, yes. A very lightweight in uh, complexity. But this is a cooperative game. And what it is, is two to four players get together and you're going out to the Forbidden Island and you're trying to get the treasures of this island and um, escape before the island disappears and into the watery abyss. Sinking. It sinks. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, um, it's a... There's, uh, you want to say like grid movements. Um, there's cards you set out to form the island, and what you're doing that is, are randomized that every are time, randomized. which is nice. Yep, absolutely. And you're trying to move from uh, space to space with your pawn, and trying to interact with the actions that uh, go with the island and the card and things like that. And you are again, this is a cooperative game, so you work together to all of this stuff, and. 
you're trying to get the treasures. Very simple. You're trying to get the treasures before something happens on the island and the spaces start disappearing. And you got to get the treasures and get make it off successfully uh, to win the game. But uh, it, it, it's I know I like it. It's visually stunning. The art on the cards are good. The the, the pawns. Um, it comes in a, one of those metal boxes like Sushi Go Party I mentioned. Um, it's the game right game right does a good job they do a great amount of family games and put the put things together this is uh it was up for uh, many awards um and won some international awards for uh this oh my guys just tons about in 2010 2011 won golden uh golden geek best family game nominee uh best children's board game so it it is it's and it set off a series of of, of other games that are kind of uh re-implement this different game mechanics and stuff different and, and get a little more complex yes, they do too. they stair step up kind of like we've talked about century um where it adds yeah. more to the base game this is the base game of that type of trilogy of forbidden games but I, I i really like i really like it it's a great uh great gateway game great family game i think you, you should tr- definitely people should try this game yeah it, it's pretty it's a pretty easy game but man, these are these they're difficult like oh, it's, it's, it's kind of a 50 50 type thing 50 50 time you're gonna you're lose there is some randomness to it because because those cards there's a deck of cards that you're drawing through and those cards have some cards in there that make the water rise and and there's situations like that, and and so it just escalates the longer you play, and so time is really of essence, and you feel it. You feel you the, the little tension, and you're like, oh shoot, <laughs> like what did we do? But it, it is it is pretty easy to play. It's definitely a little smaller and a little faster than the second and third game, uh, Forbidden Desert, and. Uh, forbidden sky and, and definitely escalates it from there but this is a great entry into the into this franchise if you yep. will and uh it's a very good cooperative game i i, I really enjoy this I, I i actually haven't played forbidden island actually i, I know the rules i i own it and have the rule i've read the rules but we haven't actually got to the table i played plenty of forbidden desert and forbidden sky but uh yeah, so th- these are great games. They're very cooperative. So yeah, they are. Should give them a try. Yeah, and and, and this one does the players actually have here uh, actual player powers? I don't recall. I don't know if they have they individual do. player powers. I asymmetric. I don't think they do. I don't. I, I think yeah. Yeah, in, in the future games, they, they definitely add uh, player specific powers, which just adds a little more complexity uh, and a lot more stress, uh, especially. I really like Forbidden Desert where like sandstorms yeah. are coming and sand start. There's these sand tiles that start building up on the spots and you can't dig for the artifacts until the desert, the sand is removed and there's tunnel systems and you're, you're bare. This one you're, you're and the second one. You're, you're uh, digging up uh, parts of a flying machine. You actually put it together. It's kind of cool. I mean, there's really no reason for it, but other than it looking awesome on the table, uh, but that's neither here. There Maybe another time we'll talk about Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Sky. Yeah. Sky's pretty cool too because the electronic. I know that is pretty cool. Things light up. Oh, we, it's pretty cool. You set up a network, like yeah. an actual like metal network, uh, and, and and you have to have the light go off because anyway, we'll talk. Yes, about well, we should review all three of them together. Yeah, we should. Yeah, That'd be that fun. Would be time. fun. Yes. So, uh, Forbidden Island. Uh, it, it, it's not even that expensive, is it? No, it's pretty cheap, isn't it? It is not expensive. You yeah, can still like get twenty dollars on, on Amazon. Yeah, I, I'm seeing it at Amazon nineteen ninety nine. So it's you can get this around for fairly cheap. Good one. Good one yeah. to have. 
uh, especially new people or kids getting into that cooperative play and hand management. And Definitely yep, should try yep, it. Definitely. All right. Game for me this week on You Should Try is a game called Gizmos. So this is a game that uh, I know you've yes. played because we I got it at Gen Con one year. I, I really hadn't heard of this game, but I saw it at the booth and uh, kind of saw how it played out, and I was super interested. And this is a game that does not get a whole lot of love. It, it is by Simon, uh, by the way, is the publisher. Um, it really doesn't get a whole lot of love. I'm I am involved on Board Game Geek and uh, these board game groups on Facebook, and I just don't really see this one mentioned very often, which. Which is which is uh, too bad because this is a really fun game. So Gizmos is a two to four player game. This is going to be a little longer, 40 to 50 minutes. I would probably say it's around an hour actually. And the age does say 14 plus. So you do, it is a little older for kids, maybe teenagers, um, maybe you know, 10, 11 probably could do it. Uh, but the reason I really like this is I am a big fan of engine building games. Uh, where everybody kind of starts on the same foot, and as the game progresses, you're acquiring new cards or new abilities or something, and you're stacking up this ability so as the game goes on, you're able to do more things and be more efficient with your turn. And and that's kind of a rough definition of, of engine building. How this game plays out, actually, is kind of unique in the fact that there's this 3D... What, do you, what would you call the thing that the the holds the marbles, Chris? It, like a device? A whole, I, I don't dispenser. It's, yeah, it, almost? it's like a tower dispenser. Um, yeah, the, the way it, it is, it kind of has a hopper on the middle top that you throw marbles into, and then it kind of goes down a chute where you can collect yeah. the marbles like in front of it, and you can only see so many. Think of Kerplunk uh, I, without the spikes. Yeah. It can, it yeah, kind of similar. but you can't see. No, it randomizes. It, it's a dice tower kind of aspect, and as you pull but some marbles. marbles, it's a marble tower. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. It really and is. they come in the the marbles come in four different colors. If and the colors mean something. The colors do mean something. So how the main portion of this game plays out is there's multiple actions that you that are available to you, and so on your turn you basically take one action, then you resolve it, and then it's another player's turn. And the idea here is you're trying to build up currency, and the currency in this case are these marbles to buy new cards that are available out in the market out in the in the center of the of the table that is available for everybody and so they have different requirements for cost you know it might be two marbles or three marbles two of this color one of this color whatever and so you turn those in from your bank and then you get the card and what these cards do is they fall under one of your actions and so they allow you to upgrade those actions so some of the actions might be as simple as pick take one energy marble from the dispenser to your storage right your storage is where you you keep your marbles which by the way, they handled that really well. To store your marbles, there's a cardboard ring that you put it in so marbles don't go flying on the table or rolling out of your area. Very, very nice, uh, simple way to handle having marbles as your collection. Uh, kudos to whoever designed that. Anywho, so uh, that that is one of your actions, is pick. Just take one energy marble. Well, as you collect cards, you might be able to upgrade the pick that allows you to combo things and that have triggers typically and the triggers might be hey if you pick a red marble well now you can do this other thing and so it starts to create these combos where you could get some really ridiculous uh make uh 
ridiculous engine going where you just do one action that triggers this card and then triggers this card and then triggers this card and triggers this card and your action ends up being instead of just getting one marble i'm getting five marbles allowing to build and file and do research and it's a lot of fun it is a little more on the complex side of learning the game just because there's a lot of terms with the actions there's a lot of comboing and sometimes just figuring out how the comboing works with the symbology because there's a lot of symbology on the cards uh, but once you get that down, it actually is pretty easy once you learn uh, the symbology. And it just it just feels really good because even a couple turns in, you are already have upgraded actions. You're already able to start doing more things. And it just gets the ball going, no pun intended, uh, rolling uh, quicker. And uh, I really enjoy it. Just, it just hits a sweet spot for me on... on um, on engine yeah. building, and I just love engine building. Plus, just the the presence, having marbles, the dispenser. It's just really cool, too. Uh, really cool game. So I really enjoy this one. A lot of fun. Um, it is a little more on the difficult side to teach people, but once you learn it, it's it's a lot of fun. Yep. I remember busting this out at Gen Con in that uh, that hotel lob or hall where we, uh, you, yeah. Corey, and I, and 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 BG. So uh, and we had to build. That, it, I know, the, just the getting everything out. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, once you build it, though, like you keep it pretty much uh, together, and it has really nice storage in the box. This puts everything. It, it's easy to set up. It's easy to put away. Um, pretty pretty good in that regards. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Good game. A lot of fun. Good game. Yeah, so that's a game you should try. Check it out. It's a little more on the expensive side, but you just get a lot of components because the marbles, the tower, a lot of cards. Um, there is definitely replayability because you shuffle in certain cards into the highest tier, um, and so the, the, the strategy does change depending on what comes out at what time, um, but uh, a, a great game that I really love playing and definitely will keep in my keep in my library for quite some time so that is gizmos that's g-i-z-m-o-s check it out all right well that wraps up our segment of you should try all right this week is technically a new segment now we 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 talk about this topic often actually and kind of just bleeds into other topics but we're actually putting in a name around it this time. So this segment, we are officially calling it Kickstarters We Love. So this is a segment where we talk about some Kickstarters we're interested in, probably one to two, just quickly, just hit on it. Maybe something we do reoccurring so that way we don't like overflow one episode just talking about a million different Kickstarters. Also, just the timely nature of Kickstarters uh, expiring, you know, they usually run for a few weeks. So... Chris, yes. Let go ahead and start her off. What's a Kickstarter you want to okay, talk about? Okay, very first one. It's going to be ending soon. Um, is Doomtown Weird West Edition? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah that's this right. ends September eighth. So when this drop, there is going to when this. Uh, podcast drops episode there's going to be uh, a few days left of this so jump out there get on it back it um this is from pine box entertainment so doomtown is a card game that emulates um deadlands uh the weird west role-playing game by uh um, savage worlds and pinnacle entertainment group 
Um, but this card game actually came out a while ago under AEG, and then they stopped it. And then uh, Pine Box Entertainment actually formed from a community set of fans who loved this game. So they developed the company, worked with AEG to make some expansions for it, the last like four expansions, I want to say. And now they're actually, what they're doing is they're reprinting it, um, redoing the base game uh, of Deck of Cards. So to make it, uh, make make it more standardized, uh, streamlined it um, because old AEG rules from a year ago. They're uh, allowing for more expansion of play of solos and uh, two versus one, two versus two. It, this used to be just a two player oh, okay. game, and it was sure. it was set yep. in the uh, town of uh, Gamora. And, and the weird West is old town. Wild, just think Western, but you've got zombies and you've got magic and you've got uh, sci fi some sci fi technology it, it is really cool and with this uh this um revision they're expanding it outside of gamora to other towns like tombstone and deadwood and so they're revamping some of the names how they're playing it some of the gameplays to make sure that all of the the old cards they fit well and um mm -hmm. so it's they're trying to uh, keep uh something fresh and new for the old people uh, old old fans as well as bring new fans into this because some of those aeg products you can't get anymore so what they're doing no, now no. is they're expanding this and everything in this new set is compatible with old sets and they're going to have documentation saying okay if you want to play the new game and and do tournaments okay these cards you can't use from the old set you use the new ones but hey if you just want to do casual play and have fun with your friends you can use these mm -hmm. old cards in with the new cards and here's some verbiage on on how to make them work and stuff but it it looks really cool i love this i have the old ag i got a hold of it cheap from miniature market there's clearances of the old ag stuff going on they still have some around. You can find old e on eBay if you want to get all those old stuff. But actually, this new uh, Kickstarter one actually has the ability to buy the old uh, um, AEG stuff if you want in the Kickstarter. But oh, okay. um, nice. yeah, I, I like it. I love the Weird West theme of yeah, yeah. just the yeah. you know Kinda the cards, uh, yeah. you know the 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 gunslinging uh, poker guy who has magic and just that kind of stuff <laughs> and, yeah, and zombies and, and yeah. it's and then the, the, you cool. know there's some spirits and and uh, undead type kind of bits and sure. and. I love that in the yeah. role playing and the card game is really fun. The card game is very strategic. When I first got introduced to this at Gen Con a few years ago, I actually played and was introduced to the game at the Pine Box Entertainment booth by one of the developers of the, the original game with AEG. Oh yeah, that's right. And I yeah, sat I down, I literally just spent a whole day in their booth just playing and stuff and it was so much fun and it got really hooked on this. It's a highly strategic game. Um, it's about area it, it, control it's pretty, it, and, it's influence. A, and it's a little complex it, it too is, to learn it is too. it is higher yeah. on that aspect because you've got uh there's victory conditions and you got influence and i if i get my influence of my dudes uh how i i could play the law dogs or i can play some criminal mm -hmm. groups or there's there's different groups you can play which has different asymmetrical powers and what you do with your your dudes try to take over the town and if you're the law dogs you got to get influence and take over possession it's it's too much to get into now, but I'm really excited for this project. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad they're revamping it. I just love it. So people jump on it. Check out Kickstarter Doomtown Weird West Edition. Very nice. Very nice. All right. My game that I want to talk about. And by the way, when we say Kickstarter, I guess maybe we should just call it crowdfunding <laughs> uh, because now that there's, uh, there's branching yeah. off some more crowdfunding ones, uh, specifically uh, the company by, that made Nemesis. Um, and a bunch of other oh, yeah. games, uh, Awaken, Awaken, Awaken Realms. Realms. You're correct. 
Yeah, they created their own crowdsourcing platform, actually. And so there's a lot of games coming there. So I, I shouldn't, you know, and there's Indiegogo and some other ones. Anyway, uh, so the game I want to talk about uh, that you should check out because this looks real interesting. And it does, by the time this uh, podcast comes or this episode comes out, you'll have a week left to take a look at it. But it's called The Gardens Take a Walk in a Park. I think the Take a Walk in a Park, it's kind of like the tagline, but it's called The Gardens. And so. Uh, this is this one kind of caught my eye just because of the art style. Uh, it's very it's a very beautiful looking game. Really nice art style. It, it looks it's it's set in Australia because actually the the publisher and the developers and people uh, are in Australia, and so kind of uh, it's I think set in the Sydney area. It, it, I guess it doesn't really matter, but essentially it's a uh, it's a modular game where instead of 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 tiles you have cards and so it's kind of a similar approach to some of the other games we've talked about today where there's there's cards out in the middle and a lot, there's some so some drafting and what these cards are made up of are, are things that you would see in like a botanical gardens like trees and flowers and stuff and they have paths and uh, there's fountains and and whatnot and so you're um, you're drafting these and then you're placing them on a main board or on your board. And then there's meeples that you're moving that are walking through the park as you move them along. And depending on uh, combinations and what the meeple sees, I think is what this says, you score points. And so you're just tracking your points and going up. It reminds me a lot of Corolla. Have you played Corolla with the elephants and you're placing tiles and then the, the elephants move onto the tiles that you I play and stuff like that. I have played that. Okay. It kind of reminds me of that, but a little more expanded uh, with a lot more um, like garden type stuff, like trees and stuff like that. Anyway, so it's it's modular, so every time you play it, it's going to be a little different just because of the cards that come out and, and how you can set up the game each time. So there's some replayability. Um, it just looks like a really puzzly, interesting kind of game, uh, kind of a chill type game, one that's not going to be... Uh, that one that's not going to be super complex, but at the same time offers strategy and kind of gets that puzzly feel where you're trying to, you know, build up your gardens and score points better than the other players. Um, but man, check this one out. Just the artwork is really stunning. It looks really great. It does look like on the Kickstarter, uh, depending on what level you have, uh, there, there's like a little mini expansion where they're throwing in like little monuments that come with like little wooden nice. 3D things. Um, and then also, uh, if you pledge... Um, it looks like it comes with a roll and write version of the game. So the same kind of artwork, but instead of playing with cards and everything, you just have a pad of paper and a die and you're just drawing the the paths and stuff like that. And so that's kind of a nice little combo for, for backing this. So uh, check this one out. It, it looks really interesting, really great artwork, like I said, and kind of that puzzly chill type of game. I This is a game that I know like Emily would love and I, we would love to play. And it does play two to four players, so um, it would fulfill that. And plus, it comes with a roll, right? I mean, come on, hard to hard to throw that out there. So I don't know what the conversion is here for Australian to uh, uh, American dollars, but the the lower pledge that just comes with the base game. Um, oh, they actually have the conversion on here. That's nice. So the first one's like $26 for us, uh, to get the mini expansion, the roll and write in the base game, uh, would put you at uh, $42 and 50 cents. So that's not bad for really three, three games, uh, in yeah. one, if you will, or a game and expansion. So, uh, plays in 30, 45 minutes. So they say 10 plus on it. So, uh, definitely check this one out has a week left and it's called the gardens. All right. Well, that concludes our uh, Kickstarter uh, 
Kickstarters that we love, maybe crowdfunding crowd love. games that we love. Change that. We on just the changed fly. it mid 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 segment. So, all right. Well, we're hitting about an hour here, Chris. It looks like our schedules are a little tight. So let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. All right, Chris. Well, that was episode 117. Had a lot of fun talking about a lot of good games. Uh, Pretty much, we didn't talk about a bad game. Heck no. Which is nice. Well, I mean, I I guess we don't know for sure on some of these Kickstarters, but I I assume they're going to be good. They look they look pretty good and these they're fully funded as well so anything uh you want to hit on before we take off chris no that's that's it uh this was a fun episode hitting a couple new um new topics we haven't uh segments we haven't haven't uh done for a while i love i love doing yeah. that love talking about the games and yes it's the games we play we play good games <laughs> if not yeah. we'll let you know if they're not good games but <laughs> well i mean sometimes <laughs> yeah, we, we play do. bad games and but, we, uh, we'll, we say it i'm not shy about talking oh, about it but we try not to get too negative or talk yeah. about bad games we like to talk about games that are great and the games that we want to play we want to tell you good games but every now and then we we get a hold of a stinker and we'll let you know we don't get paid we do not get paid for or given free copies or any of this stuff no, no we are no, not sponsored no. by anybody this is out of the pure love and kind i of mean support. unless somebody yes. wants a sponsor i'm not going to turn it down i mean <laughs> gotta pay the bills all right well cool well, th- well thanks for joining us and and listen to the podcast we really do appreciate it uh next week we'll be back i'm not sure what the format or who just because of uh schedules and in conventions coming up but we'll be back next week on episode 118 to talk about some more games i can guarantee that but until next time from the games we play i am brian and i am chris and keep on gaming join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between the games we play with brian and chris <laughs>